Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last Wednesday, the city of St. Louis voted to approve cameras for its police department. The $5.7 million contract provides for 800 body cameras and 200 dashboard ones. The vote follows a similar move in St. Louis County. The county council inked a similar deal for its police department one year ago, almost to the day. So why now in the city, and what will implementation look like? Well, joining me to talk about it is the city's public safety director. And Jimmy Edwards, of course, is also a former circuit court judge, which is why um, old-timers like me, we always call him Judge Edwards. So, Judge Edwards, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. So, Judge, the city might be as broke as it's ever been. Why decide to spend this money right now? Sarah, as you know, there have been two separate efforts to purchase body-worn cameras for St. Louis police officers in the city of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. The first effort started way back in 2014 following Mike Brown, and it ended unsuccessfully uh, in May of 2018. So in October of 2018, Mayor Krusen wanted to revisit the idea of providing body-worn cameras for our police officers. Uh, And as a result of that, uh, we negotiated and executed a contract uh, recently for 800 body-worn cameras and 200 dashboard uh, dashboard cameras. The delivery of the cameras, for your information, will occur over uh, a few months. Uh, But uh, there were lots of barriers early on uh, in the first effort, uh, barriers including uh, cost, Mm -hmm. lack of funding, and, of course, uh, being able to prioritize uh, what the St. Louis Police Department needed. So this cost is quite a bit lower than people were worried it would be a few years back when we were all talking about this. Um, But, again, this is the time when when budgets are so tight. Is this going to come out of the police department budget? Where are you finding the money for this? You know, the the money is being found inside of the police department uh, budget as well as uh, uh, other opportunities that we may have with respect to uh, private, public partnerships. And, and of course, we're, we're looking uh, for uh, the funds to support us uh, over the next five years or so. So what makes this a, a big priority for you right now? Well, uh, uh, it's uh, important. It's important because the efficacy of body wine cameras uh, increases trust, uh, accountability, transparency, and provides the best physical evidence, I believe, of events for both the police a department as well as the general public. Now, you're using the same company that St. Louis County contracted with. Have you talked to the county about their experience in this past year? Oh, absolutely. We have spent lots of the time with St. Louis County making sure uh, that we're able to overcome any of the shortcomings that they initially experienced. And I think that the St. Louis County, the utility company, uh, is a tremendous company. It allows, of course, uh, 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 our officers to talk to and to communicate uh, with St. Louis County, we think it was absolutely the best product uh, available at this time. You mentioned the idea of um, shortcomings, that initially maybe there were some kinks to work out. Um, Any of those that, uh, that would be worth talking about? Well, certainly there was a kink with the uniform. The way the camera is made, it requires uh, a hole uh, in the uniform, not only in the uniform shirt, but also the ballistic vest. Mm. And so those were things that St. Louis County uh, was confronted with and had to uh, negotiate adjustments to. And those are things that we were able to take advantage of all of the uh, problems that St. Louis County had and able to fix those at the outset. Okay, so you're just following up on all the work they've done in the last couple months. You can sort of hit the ground running based on that. Yes. 
So the biggest question with these cameras, um, it's always when do the cameras turn on and who gets access to the footage if something goes down? Let's talk first about when do the cameras turn on? Do we know yet what the policy is going to be for that in the city? Well, we have uh, uh, lots of policies with respect to when the camera comes on. Uh, uh, The camera is uh, tied to what we call triggers. For example, uh, uh, if an officer uh, unholsts his or her uh, 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 sidearm, uh, uh, pull the sidearm out of the holster, uh, then the camera will automatically come on. Mm -hmm. Uh, If an officer, for example, uh, is on the ground and, and laying uh, horizontally, uh, the the camera will automatically come on. Hmm. And so there are triggers uh, that will automatically allow the camera to come on. And of course, the camera will come on manually uh, uh, if it if an officer turns the camera on. So we talked to St. Louis County. Officer Tracy Panis there was was able to answer our questions over email. Um, And she said there, you know, these cameras do begin recording automatically, but that an officer is supposed to turn them on then if they're ever arresting or detaining somebody. Um, Do you hope that city officers will be doing that same thing, that if it's, if you know, somebody's uh, coming into their custody or they're having an interaction with the public that's going to result in arrest, that the camera should be on at that point? Oh, absolutely. There will be directives uh, uh, which will uh, provide our officers uh, uh, all of the times and manners in which uh, the the camera should be utilized. And we expect that to occur. And if that doesn't, it will be a violation of our policies. Okay. So the second question I see a lot of people just asking about these cameras in general is who gets access to the footage if there is, God forbid, some sort of, say, officer-involved shooting or somebody is making a complaint about an officer? Have you decided how you're going to handle things like that? Well, the release of cameras, cameras, uh, camera footage uh, will be constrained only by uh, the law and police investigations. While the law is very, very complex, it is well settled to in the state of Missouri. Uh, The simple version is, under Missouri's Sunshine Law, body camera footage is ordinarily a closed record so long as there is an ongoing investigation. The exception to the law, however, is that if the public's interest in camera footage outweighs other investigatory interests, a court may order its release to the public. And so uh, we have very strict guidelines. We're constrained in certain situations, uh, but I can't imagine that we would object uh, to camera footage being released to the public uh, if uh, the public interest uh, outweighs uh, uh, an investigation, so long as it does not compromise uh, a a juvenile's identity, for example, Mm -hmm. or a victim in domestic violence. So there will be some constraints uh, that we're going to uh, uh, be subject to. Uh, Nonetheless, I think that uh, camera footage will be available to the public uh, where we have situations uh, like what occurred in the Floyd case or in the Mike Brown case and other high-profile cases. Hmm. Okay, so that sounds like there will be a chance the public could get before a judge, even if um, even if the city decides to fight them. There's a something in the law that would give the public the chance to argue their case, or say the media the chance to argue their case. Yes. 
Okay. Now, a little more from Officer Panis in St. Louis County. Here's a quote from an email from her. She says, we also currently utilize geofencing for specific areas that may be considered high crime areas or for an active large incident. During a major incident, such as an active shooter or a riot situation, our Bureau of Communications can quickly set up a geofence, which will automatically activate any officer's camera who enters that area. The activation of the cameras due to gunshots fired is still in early testing phase and is not yet available to utilize. So that's where things stand in St. Louis County. This geofencing thing, is is that something that the city is, is going to have going forward? You know, we have not settled on a geofixing uh, um, uh, problem here. Uh, uh, we have not decided that we will utilize geofixing uh, at this time. We have not uh, yet decided whether shot spotters will be connected to, to our body-worn cameras or to our car. Well, we have decided, I'm sorry, with respect to dashboard cameras, but not necessarily with respect to the body-worn camera. Okay. Now, Jeff Ruerta, uh, he's the business manager of the union that represents most of the officers within the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. He says that any new equipment needs to be negotiated through the union contract. Um, I understand the chief uh, vehemently disagrees with that. Well, there is not a negotiation requirement under the collective bargaining agreement. There is a requirement that uh, new equipment be discussed uh, the uh, collective bargaining agreement does not provide for the police officer association to have a veto right. And so the chief is correct. Uh, it's the chief's decision. Uh, he makes a decision uh, as the commissioner of police for the city of St. Louis. So there's a really critical distinction between having to discuss something and having to negotiate it. Is that fair to say? That is correct. Okay. And he, you're saying he does not have the right to negotiate this. Are you worried that him um, raising these concerns that he feels that he should be at the negotiating table, could that slow down getting officers hooked up with this? Well, quite the contrary. I think our police officers really want this uh camera. Uh, what it does for our police officer is the same thing that it does for the public. Uh, it holds everybody accountable uh, and uh, it uh, establishes, in my mind, a trust between police and the community. And our efforts, of course, and my efforts have been for the last two and a half years or so, is to close the trust gap. And this is one of the tools that I believe will do that for us. And you think most officers, they, they welcome this? I, I do. Uh, most of the officers uh, uh, want, always want the truth. I mean, we have a really good police department, and the men and women on our police department are not afraid of the truth and not afraid of doing their jobs, and they do it well most of the time. Then does Jeff Ruerta not speak um, on behalf of, of uh, these officers? Well, he is the business manager uh, for the Police Officers Association. Uh, so the only thing that I am referring to is the collective bargaining agreement. Mm -hmm. And so I have no opinion with respect to whether they, they trust uh, Mr. Reuter or not. Uh, the, the point here is, is that uh, we have not received uh, a lot of objections. Uh, or in fact, I have not received any objections mm. from any of the men and women on the police department. Not any. That's that's pretty strong right there. I mean, you've got to feel good about that, that they're in favor of this. Correct. So going back to Jeff Ruta for a minute, um, he has said um, within the past month after four police officers were shot during this night where, where things did turn pretty bad here in St. Louis, um, Jeff Ruta came out after that and said he has no confidence in Chief Hayden. Does that bother you that, that he's uh, 
saying that and that he apparently feels that way. Well, it it bothers me that uh, uh, rhetoric like that gets any traction in the city of St. Louis. I think that Chief Hayden is doing a fantastic job in the city of St. Louis. Of course, we uh, don't have a crystal ball. If we can prevent uh, crime and if we can prevent criminals from shooting at our police officers, uh, we would do just that. I think that uh, Chief Hayden has commended uh, the St. Louis City Police Department uh, with lots of integrity and very professionally, and he's done it professionally. So I have uh, no concern about what Mr. Rorta said with respect uh, to the chief. Uh, my wish is that uh, he would not do that. But, of course, uh, we can't stop people from talking. They have First Amendment rights to say anything they want to say, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. And he himself is not a St. Louis police officer. He's the representative of this union, but he is not employed by your department. That is correct. He is not an employee of the city of St. Louis. Thank you for asking. We did have a number of questions and comments that came in um, about body cameras. Actually, I should say there's probably a lot more comments than questions. That seems to be how things go sometimes on Twitter. But we had a really good question that came in from Jerry. Um, He asks, will the St. Louis Metropolitan Police personnel working for private security firms be required to have their body cams switched on? Obviously, we have a lot of officers who moonlight for these private firms that handle security in a bunch of neighborhoods throughout the city right now. When they're working for those people, Um, they're still sometimes responding to incidents as if they're police officers. How will you handle body cams in those cases? You know, that is a fantastic uh, question. Uh, It's a question that we're going to have to address. I'll give you an example of why we will have to address that. Officers that are working secondary uh, in uh, certain areas around our city are not necessarily allowed to take their marked vehicles uh, to their secondary job. Mm. And so we're going to have to address it. It would be my hope, however, if any officer uh, who appears uh, to be under the umbrella of the St. Louis Police Department, i.e. they have on their St. Louis Police Department uniform, they're carrying their St. Louis Department issue weapon, I expect uh, that that body camera will become a part of the uniform and that the, that camera would be uh, operative uh, at all times. We're talking about uh, police body cameras as well as dashboard cameras with St. Louis Public Safety Director Jimmy Edwards. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation with Judge Edwards. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. And now back to our conversation. We're here with St. Louis City's Public Safety Director, Jimmy Edwards, and we're talking about the fact that last Wednesday, city leaders approved a $5.7 million contract for body cameras and dashboard cameras to outfit uh, local police officers and their vehicles. And we heard from a number of our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Wally writes on Facebook, cameras aren't shown to reduce bad behavior. Huge privacy issues basically turns every cop into a walking surveillance. 
surveillance platform. Expensive and allows departments to, quote, check the box that they've done something without addressing toxic white supremacist culture. And Wally also adds, how many bad cops have been held accountable by body cameras versus bystander cell phones? Judge Edwards, as you said, the city discussed this originally um, years ago, and it's it's taken this long because of some twists and turns to get to this point. But it just feels like now cell phones are everywhere. Are these less critical than they used to be? Because everybody almost comes equipped with a body camera of their own. I agree with that. Let me just address uh, the first part of the statement from Wally. Sure. Let me state, I unequivocally agree that bad policing and systemic racist police departments must be eradicated in order to build trust with the public. I am committed to diminishing the effects of systemic racism in the St. Louis Police Department, and we're going to do that by training, we're going to do it by education, we're going to do it by holding folk responsible, and removing the cancer of racism from all personnel within our departments. I recognize that a camera alone uh, will not uh, uh, make us whole or fix the problems that we are confronted with. But I think a camera become a tool uh, that will certainly assist us. It will certainly assist with transparency. It will certainly uh, assist with respect to providing the best physical evidence of, of events that are alleged. Uh, and you're right. Uh, everyone is a news reporter. Everybody mm-hmm. has a camera. And, and not only does everyone have that camera or has that camera in their possession, they can share information by live stream. We, we recognize that. Uh, I recognize that the public wants these cameras. In every event all over this country, the first question that is asked, uh, where is the surveillance camera? Hmm. Where is the body camera? And we, being a large police department, a metropolitan police department, we have to get on board. Body cameras are a necessary tool uh, for large police departments in the United States of America. You brought up this idea of systemic racism. Do you think overall the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department suffers from systemic racism? Yes. That's a, <laughs> that's a simple one-word answer there. Okay, you, you do feel like this is a problem here. How big of a problem is it for this department? Well, I, I think we have a problem from its very, very uh, inception. I think that we are working daily to try to address these issues. Uh, to deny uh, uh, that we don't have this problem uh, is sticking your head and playing ostrich. Your head is in the sand. You, we, we have to acknowledge the fact that we have problems, and then we go about the business very intentionally uh, to address it. We have to diminish this problem. If we don't diminish this problem, uh, we will we will continue uh, to have uh, uh, situations uh, to be visited upon us um, regularly. We have to fix this problem. Do you see overall the protests against police brutality that are are now in cities across the country? Do you see those overall as a positive thing? I I do see protests as a a positive thing. I see uh, nonviolent protests uh, as positive. Uh, what I don't see and don't condone uh, uh, is the uh, destruction of, of people's property and the infliction of harm on individuals, irrespective of who they are. But I think the fact that uh, the protests have gained traction all over the world uh, is a good thing. It forces us to look at the house that's on fire. And the house that's on fire right now 
is the police departments all over this country, and we have to address it. And we're ready, willing, and able to do that in the city of St. Louis. What do you think about this idea of defunding the police to say that, hey, police uh, officers aren't equipped to deal with so many of these problems we currently ask them to handle? We'd be better off hiring uh, mental health workers or people who can handle a bunch of these things that we've tasked the police department to do. And the only way to get there will be to cut the police department's budget and put that money to other things. Well, I don't think it's an either or an or. Defunding the police has uh, uh, many meanings. It is a a very ambiguous uh, uh, phrase. Uh, I do believe, however, that our police officers are asked to do many things, things from addressing people with mental health uh, situations all the way to circumstances involving drugs and alcohol. Uh, in the city of St. Louis, uh, we piloted a program called Cops and Clinicians in the uh, 6th District up north. And that program uh, uh, placed uh, a social worker in a police car. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fantastic because what it did was it allowed our officers to learn from the social workers with respect to situations like de-escalation involving uh, people that we would regularly see uh, with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. It allowed our police officers to learn from those social workers on how to address certain situations so that we don't have to take people to the hospital, so that we don't have to take people to jail. So I think that defunding the police or taking a look at how can we assist the police, I think, is a better statement instead of defunding the police. And just recently, the mayor, uh, Mayor Cruson, uh, uh, pushed for and was able to, to get the board of, uh, of uh, NA to support her on uh, our cops and clinicians program mm-hmm. to make it permanent in the city of St. Louis. So we're able to get social workers. We put nearly a million dollars in that program. And so we're doing all of the things that folk are asking that we do around the country. Uh, I believe that the city of St. Louis is in front of the curve. So when people talk about defunding the police by putting money towards something like this cops and clinicians program, you're kind of doing that even if you don't buy into the slogan. Is is that fair to summarize that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. We are doing it. We're doing exactly what folk are asking around the country. What about the folks locally who, you know, we've heard from who are saying $800,000 for a program like this, this isn't enough. We need to have a bunch more social workers and a bunch fewer cops. You agree with that? You know, I need a lot more social workers and I need many more cops. As I indicated, it's not a, an R. Mm-hmm. It's both. We, 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 we need both. So one of the uh, the other points that the defunding the police uh, campaign has focused on here is the workhouse. And at this point, and again, this is the city's minimum security uh, jail facility. At this point, there are very few people that are housed there. People are questioning why continue to keep it open for so few detainees. I think people are just wondering, is, is this just stubbornness on the city's part that they don't want to get rid of this? What's, what's the answer to that? Well, let me first uh, correct something. Uh, the... The title, uh, Medium Security 
uh, institution. Oh, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry, it's I said not, minimum. That is a well, <laughs> that was an well, error. The the medium security institution uh, does not necessarily house medium security uh, detainees or people that are charged with crimes. In fact, we have no one that's housed at the medium security institution uh, that is charged uh, with a misdemeanor. We have no one there that's charged uh, uh, with low-level felonies. In fact, the people that are housed uh, at the medium security institution today are people that have been charged with murder in the first degree, murder in the second degree, Hmm. rapes and robberies. Those robberies also include carjackings. We have lots of people there uh, that have been charged with assault in the first degree. And so I think uh, what is happening in terms of how people are inferring what's happening at the workhouse, they just make an assumption that it is a low-level facility. It is not a low-level facility. Mm. With respect to the number of folk there, of course we are under our COVID protocol, so we're not moving uh, detainees or defendants or folks that are charged with crimes around. Uh, There are probably about 60 people that uh, uh, should be uh, in the medium security institution right now that we've not moved because of our COVID protocol. You don't want to transfer germs between these two jails. Absolutely. And so so we have held off with respect to that. Moreover, uh, our COVID protocol uh, has allowed uh, the court system and our prosecutors and our defense lawyers uh, to put nearly 400 people back on the street that I believe uh, ought to be locked up due to public safety and because of the public safety risk. But, you know, that's a, that's, that's a conversation for another hour or so. But the point here is, is that the, we need the beds. We are not in a position that we can take those beds out of our criminal justice correction uh, uh, um, umbrella uh, because uh, I suspect that it's just a matter of time uh, that uh, we may have more uh, detainees than we have beds. Okay. So you feel like you're going to need that. You can't just put people in the Justice Center and close this down because that number could go back up. That is correct. I expect that there will be a surge. Okay. And why do you, why do you think there'll be a surge? Well, I expect that there will be a surge because right now uh, we are rearresting people that have been released under the COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. We have rearrested nearly 70, maybe between 70 and 100 people that were released, and we have rearrested some several times. When you say uh, they were released because of the COVID protocol, this was to get the number of people in jails out so that we wouldn't have overcrowding. But you're saying they've committed other offenses while they've been out. That is correct. Okay. So those people are coming back in under that jail umbrella. That is correct. Okay. Well, that's that's very dispiriting to hear. I'm sure that's got to be frustrating. Here you gave these people a, a chance, and it sounds like there are some, some people who didn't take advantage of it in the right way. I agree. So beyond this idea of the defunding the, the police, you've come out in support of some reforms lately. Um, one of them was a national registry for bad police. What do you hope would come out of that? Well, I think that it is important that uh, uh, we don't recycle police officers uh, that have uh, uh, committed a crime. We, uh, we should not recycle police officers that have denied people uh, their, their constitutional rights or have uh, broken our policies, uh, such as uh, chokeholds. 
uh, we, we should we should have that information, and, and officers should not be able to move from municipality to municipality to municipality uh, without uh, uh, having consequences. And those consequences, in my mind, they should never, ever be police officers anywhere in the United States of America. Hmm. Now, there have been calls to implement a version of that within your own department. Could that be a useful first step if, if Congress doesn't run with this idea? Well, well, well certainly within our department, we, we have it. Uh, what we don't have is we don't have a state uh, why uh, uh, list where we can uh, have information uh, uh, that we can review information coming out of Jackson County, Kansas City, or Greene County uh, in Springfield, nor do we have information that we share uh, even among uh, the almost 60 police departments in the city of St. Louis mm-hmm. or city of St. Louis' region. Okay, so to do that, what about trying to get something together regionally? As we know, it's been a huge problem with people kind of passing around the bad officers from department to department. Do you think other um, uh, departments would have interest in that? We are certainly receptive in, in taking a lead with respect to that. Well, that boy, that could be a that could be a great idea. I don't know why uh, why have we not talked about that more? Maybe we can say this came out of this conversation today <laughs> on St. Louis on the air. We did hear from um, from somebody by email who had a good question about body cameras. Um, Jamie asks, "We have no expectation of privacy in public, but what about in private? Will body cam footage from officers entering private homes and property where there does not end up being an investigation or incident be releasable under the Sunshine Law? If nothing happens, then." will citizens' privacy be protected? Can you speak to that, Judge Edwards? Jamie, thank you very much uh, for that question. Uh, There is an expectation of privacy uh, under the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. However, uh, the First Amendment is not a fundamental uh, uh, constitutional amendment like voting rights. Nonetheless, uh, because of that expectation of privacy that you would have, certain things will be redacted. For example, we're not under the law allowed to show a juvenile's face. Certainly, we will not uh, 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 allow to uh, be produced in the public domain any information about your personal life, where you live, uh, faces of victims. Uh, so th- there, there are a myriad of things uh, that would be redacted uh, from any type of footage. Okay. So in our last couple minutes here today, uh, Judge Edwards, I wanted to talk to you just briefly about this bigger picture. You did say you see a surge of people going back to jail, which is so disheartening. And as the Post-Dispatch recently reported, the murder rate has stayed as high as ever, even with these stay-at-home orders that had so many of us grounded for, for months on end. Are you surprised that the crime rate has stayed this high when things had gotten really quiet throughout the city? Well, our crime rate, unfortunately, uh, is defined by our murder rate. Uh, Our crime rate with respect to property crimes and some robberies and other types of things are way down. Mm -hmm. Our crime rate, if we define it only by murder, is way up. And most of those crimes involve uh, uh, people that are involved with drugs and, unfortunately, domestic. Uh, And so people are at home. We're seeing a lot of uh, domestic uh, Cases we had one recently uh, where a brother uh, killed a brother, uh, and uh, so we're seeing a lot of domestic uh, types of uh, homicides, and of course we are seeing homicides that are connected with drugs. Mm, so that just doesn't take a break, even when people are are all staying at home. Do you have anything as you're looking ahead to this horizon um, that gives you some optimism for for the problems we have here in St. Louis? Well, we're working extremely hard with respect to policing. Uh, I believe that the, the, the public, 
Uh, I believe that Trust Gap is indeed closing, and we're getting a lots of help uh, from the public uh, in terms of solving these crimes. If we solve crimes, we have the ability to deter crime. And so one of the examples of solving crimes is what occurred uh, uh, after the death of retired Captain David Doran, mm. uh, the public. Uh, the public outcry uh, uh, was was furious and it was loud and it was helpful and because of the public, we were able to to arrest so far uh, three or four folk connected uh, in that uh, 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 murder mm-hmm. and in the looting of that pawn shop and so i'm 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 real hopeful uh, that the public understands uh, that uh, the police officer needs the public in as much as the public needs police. And I'm just real happy uh, that I think the trust gap uh, is is narrowing uh, quite a bit. And so I'm very optimistic with respect to policing uh, in the city of St. Louis. Well, uh, Public Safety Director Jimmy Edwards, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. My pleasure. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.